yeah. Smith's the encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Uh. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah, lock on. Peace. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again on, on this fine Thursday night, the uh, ninth day of July 2015. I am your host, JT, aka the Master. And as always, I'm joined by uh, my theme co-host, Jeff the Joker. And uh, we make up the uh, two-thirds of the uh, FSP crew show. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. 347-637-3220 is a place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. We have a chat room sitting out there also for your convenience. If you would like to lay your knowledge in that chat room or ask a question and make a statement or comment in that, you can do so if you like. Remember what you put in is what you're going to get out of it, okay? Um, we got a great show in store for you tonight. If I sound a little low-key because I'm feeling a little under the weather, unfortunately. I got a whatever I got. It's a summer cold or whatever it is, but I'm fighting through it. And uh, but I still have the same enthusiasm, just just a little bit uh, reserved right now. And uh, we got a great show in store for you. Like I said, Um, we also we're going to be talking about the NBA. We're going to be talking about some of the smart players that uh, um, are in the uh, NFL. We're going to be talking about uh, maybe some soccer. If we can get around to doing that, I'm pretty sure we can. And um, I'm trying to think, was there anything else that may be sitting out there? Oh, we go, maybe, maybe, and it's unconfirmed, and I'm still looking for it to happen. Maybe a, a, an NFL great has passed away. And uh, uh, we'll start off with that uh, before no, but before we do that. Let's bring in my esteemed co-host, this, my fellow Jersey guy, like I always say every week. Jeff the Joker, what's up, my man? Hey, Jerry. Uh Hope you're feeling better. I thought you sounded a little different. So uh, uh, yes, uh, but you're a gamer, so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna suck it up and uh, do the I'm, show like you usually do. Exactly. Uh, you know, I I like doing this show. I like interacting with you guys. Um, and uh, uh, um, you know, just just doing it. Uh, anyway, uh, first thing I want to get off the off the bat, a hated jet rival that uh, um. Um, I, and I haven't hasn't been confirmed yet, um, but I got multiple sources saying that it's a possibility, but it hasn't been confirmed um, that uh, Kenny Stabler at age 69 has passed away. Now, I, like I said, it's unconfirmed. And uh, but uh, I've, a couple of sources that I've uh, seen, seen on the Internet have um, put that out, out there, but they they premised it as saying it's unconfirmed. <laughs> Hated jet rival, um, a hated jet. I mean, excuse me, a hated uh, uh, opponent of the Jets. 
a lot of people didn't like Stabler uh, in the league because he found ways to win that were unique. And there, there was a rule that was um, put in the following year when, uh, for those who've been who watched the uh, old AFL, AF, AFC games, uh, Kenny Stabler at one point in this play, um, and it was quite obvious to a lot of people, but uh, it, it, it was ruled a fumble, but they fumbled forward, and they changed the rule because of that. Um, and uh, that's just the mentality they had that they carried with uh, Al Mantra saying, just win, baby. Uh, so if you ain't cheating, you, if you're not trying, cheating, you're not trying. So uh, with that being said, let me bring in my uh, other esteemed co-host, my guy from the D.C. area, uh, Mike Wright, and get his comments on maybe Ken Stabler possibly passing away now. Anything that could have changed from the last half hour, 15 minutes that I've um, seen this on the Internet. But right now it's unconfirmed. But uh, yeah, I still, well, um, I, go ahead. Talk to me. Right? As, soon as, you, as soon as you buzzed me in, I, I went to the, the most reliable source I could find which is TMZ, and they have an update from uh, 23 minutes ago, and it's been confirmed that Ken Stabler has passed to 69 years old. It has been confirmed or unconfirmed? It has been confirmed. Okay. Well, uh, with that being said, uh, I'll, I'll pass it to you, Blacks, that you've confirmed it. What's your thoughts? Ken Stabler, do you remember him or, or, or uh, not? Yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't really remember him. I think he played in the 70s, right? Uh, yes, he played in the seventies. I think he may have carried it into the eighties, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I, that was way before my time. Way before my time. What about you, there, uh, uh, Jeff? Oh yeah, I remember Kenny the Snake, and uh, he played uh, all the way into '84. His uh, right. he, he played in the eighties with uh, Houston and with the Saints, but uh, he's best known for his uh, playing in the seventies with the Raiders. Yes, and uh, he was a, he was a hell of a player, and uh, like you said, he quarterbacked the Raiders, he quarterbacked the New Orleans Saints, and quarterbacked the Oilers. Um, did, did you guys get to watch him at all? Excuse me. I said, did you guys get to watch him at all? You and Jeff? Did I get to watch him at all? Yeah, is that is that what you said? Did I get the Watchmen? Yeah, black. I'm yeah, sixty. Watch. I, I'm sixty one <laughs> years. I'm sixty one years old. He's sixty nine. Yes, I did get to watch him. Trust me. And 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 there's some nice games against the Jets. I would rather not have have him play. Uh, and uh, uh quite naturally, the uh, the Jets, um, were a one of the uh, teams that were in the AFL along with the. Um, Oakland Raiders, and then they went when they moved into the AFC. They continued the the rivalry. And everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people. And I don't know about the Black. Maybe Jeff uh, remembers the Heidi game, where the Raiders came back and won that game late. Uh, and the network, and it was the last time this happened. The television network switched to the uh, movie of the week or Sunday night, whatever it was, which was Heidi. And Jets fans called into the station 
of football fans, I should say, mainly Jet fans, called into the station complaining about getting shut off uh, when the game wasn't over and then finding out that the Jets lost in the waning moments of that game. And that's the first and last time that a um, NFL game was ever ever um, preempted or taken off the air in 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 uh, place of a, a, a program. Uh, now, no matter how long that NFL game goes, that game NFL game goes, and then whatever's going to be played after it, that's what that's what's going to happen. So um, that was um, one of many heated games against the Oakland Raiders. And to this day, to this day, when the Jets and the Oakland Raiders get together, uh, um, I wouldn't say it's must-watch TV, but between the Jets and Oakland Raiders fans, they know they know the history, and it's very heated rivalry. And the Jets, up at the, the Oakland Raiders, up until – Last year and probably whatever, no matter how bad each one of these teams are, it's uh, seems like the Oakland Raiders uh, give the Jets fits. Plain and simple. I don't care how bad the Oakland Raiders have been. I don't care how good the Jets have been. When those two teams get together, uh, anything can happen, and it's it's a nail biter between the two two uh, fan bases. So he was he was a hell of a player. He didn't have one of these strong, um, strong arms with an anticipation type of quarterback. Um, and uh, Southpaw, quite naturally. Ken Stabler was a hell of a player, and he's not in the Hall of Fame, believe it or not. Um, not in the Hall of Fame. And he was a second-round pick in the 1968 draft. And if I'm not mistaken the reason he went to Alabama um was because of Joe Namath if I'm not mistaken because he wore Joe Namath's name I mean excuse me his number number 12 so it's a lot of history with uh, Ken Stabler and he he had three wives he lo loved the party he was a party guy I know that um he was a swashbuckling type of quarterback all right let's move on because I want to move on from the uh, um, that part of an NFL past hero to one that is puzzling to me. Why, if you never sign a contract, if this is your big payday, this is your big payday. Don't sign your franchise tender. You are holding out for a long-term big payday contract and you decide to do one of the dumbest things that you could possibly do. Now, I don't know if he did it year in and year out and this one is oops, but why take the chance when you have so much money on the line and now that money for all intents and purposes for now has flown out the proverbial window. I'm talking about Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, the premier pass rusher for the New York Giants, who over the weekend on July 4th decided to, um, I wouldn't say decided voluntarily, but involuntarily, 
a mangle one of his hands when a um explosive whatever i don't know what it was but it was enough to um cause nerve damage in his fingers uh cause a, a broken thumb and cause just recently here in the last few days to get his index finger amputated jeff you are a new york giant fan the floor is yours your thoughts wow i mean this has been a big story for days um you know the uh, most of these guys don't like to be franchised and i think now this is one of the big stories locally is the giants sent down um ronnie barnes who's like their head medical guy he been with the team forever. I think he was the trainer when I was a kid, and, you know, he's been promoted since then. And and uh, Jesse Armstead, who's kind of like a liaison between the players and the team, they they sent those guys down to check on JPP, and he wouldn't see them. Uh, I mean, you could say, well, the Giants are just worried about their investment, but you know what? You, you don't know if that's true, and, you know, uh, they're going to give him a physical before he signs, which they don't think could withdraw that, uh, um, that offer. Um, you know, I just thought that was very strange that he refused to see them. Uh, I don't know what he has to gain from that. Um, it, it, they're going to have to, he's going to have to pass the physical and, you know, it, it's just so beyond stupid. I mean, he was with his kid, um, yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, I'm telling you, this is going to keep a lot of people away from fireworks. I guess he wasn't listening to the show when we were talking about being careful with fireworks, you know. Um, I mean, I feel bad for him, but I don't feel that bad for him because he brought that on himself. Um, and it's unfortunate because uh, because of the time of the year it is, they can't just – they don't set, sign him to that franchise uh, offer. He becomes a free agent. But it's not like they could sign a good free agent at this point because, uh, you know, pass rushers are hard to come by. And mm-hmm. that's very important to the Giants defense. Giants defense is all about getting pressure with the front four guys without having to blitz too much. And then that makes it easy for the defensive backs. And that's who the Giants like to draft early. They like to draft defensive linemen who can rush the passer, and they like to get the defensive backs early. And they try to get by with average linebackers and when it works they get rings and um yeah but uh yeah this is uh, uh hope um hopefully a lot of other people will learn from uh, jpp's mistake and I, you know, i'm down with jpp but he really screwed up yeah you know me talk to me mike <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, yeah that's a Terrible injury. I, I wish they would have been listening to the show and we told everybody to be careful with those things. I, I don't even like fireworks, unfortunately. I've never had. I've done it one year, and I didn't even like to do it that year. But, hey, he has to be thinking his lucky size. It was just one finger. You, you travel a little bit down south, and you hear the story of the Tampa Bay Bucks cornerback, C.J. Wilson, who lost two fingers. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, during the fireworks incident. So this, this is a bad thing. I mean, these guys have authorizers. Let your authorizers light the fireworks while you enjoy it, man. This is a million-dollar business. You, you can't mess up your body just messing around. 
But uh, more power to him. I, I wish him a speedy recovery. I remember Ronnie Lott played during the game. I had his finger amputated, so I'm not sure right. if JPP could do that, but if he is, more power to him. Yeah, he uh, CJ Wilson uh, was holding the canister uh, in his hand, wherein the um, fireworks was supposed to pop out of the uh, canister. Well, it didn't pop out; it exploded, and just like Mike said, that it took off his index finger and his middle finger on one hand. Man, that's that's got to be. I I can't even imagine. Having having something like that happens. Now, I'm I'm reading an article here, and, and one of the things that uh, most people probably don't know um, when they buy consumer grade fireworks is that the mortar tubes that are often bought in stores wear out in time, and after repeated explosions, which can allow the force of the shells inside to go out to the side rather than up. So, um. We, we had talked about it the Thursday before, uh, 4th of July, that be careful out there. And uh, also, I think, I don't know if I talked about it on Thursday, but I know I talked about it on the um, Saturday and definitely on the Sunday show, that this is the worst time. This is the worst time for NFL teams. The reason I'm saying that is that their players have their free time to themselves. They can do whatever they want. They don't have any obligation to uh, any OTA or workout, even though the the the, the um, teams strongly encourage that. A lot of players go out and do a lot of things, uh, go on vacation or or whatever, um, because they know once the football season or training camp stops starts. They're dedicated to to the season, and they don't have that much free time. So this is the time they spend with their families. This is the time they do what they want to do, and a lot of it can lead to, uh, unfortunately, some something like this, or uh, other players. Uh, I mean, players getting in trouble doing other things um, that uh, um, are illegal in nature. And uh, because they have so much free times. Now, I'm not saying all football players are like that, but this happens year in, year out when there's some football players that um, get go buck wild because they have no OTAs, no spring practices or anything like that. And the only thing they have to look forward to is, is uh, um, um, training camp, uh, preseason, and the beginning of the football season. So they want to get much partying, as much free time and much family time in as they could possibly get in before they have to get really down to business and uh, lose touch with, uh, for the most part, their families because of what their job entails. So and, and the teams, unfortunately, know this because they don't have any control of these guys. And these guys, some of them, need that control to keep themselves out of trouble or out of harm's way. Unfortunately, we had two guys go, go down or get, get the, uh, uh, some extremities uh, uh, on their hands cut off, not cut off, but sheared off or whatever, blown off, I should say. And now they their, their seasons are definitely in jeopardy. They're playing 
careers, especially for Wilson, who lost his index and middle finger. Um, I, you know, you, you can probably play, but I don't know how effective you're going to play with that. And then JPP being a pass rusher and having to use his hands, you don't know how long the burns and um, the healing of his fractured thumb and the amputation uh, healing up is going to how long it's going to take. Uh, and he's in a year of very fragile state, being that his contract is is in in a is in flux. Let me put it that way. So we'll just have to wait and see how it turns out. Keep track of these guys and see how they heal up on uh, how close to, to the to the um, uh, uh, training camp or even the beginning of the season they can get back on the field and play effectively. Hopefully uh, it doesn't affect them that much, um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Anyway, with that being said, uh, there's something else I wanted to talk about with the NFL, and it has to do with the – come on, come back here. I don't want that. Uh, come on. Uh, you know what? I can't win. I can't win. Hold on a minute here. Bear with me, guys. Brett Favre. Brett Favre is back in the news again. I can't believe he is. Uh, Brett Favre. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Um, uh, when um, Peyton Manning left Indianapolis in 2012, he did so with a public embrace from Colts owner Jim Ursay, who hosted the team to say goodbye to the team. It was a nation of Green Bay, and decided to repeat names mistakes that Packers made. This is a in my opinion. I think the Indianapolis Colts, Peyton Manning, separation were handled correctly simply because they had seen the Packers and far separation so well. Not go so well, you know. I think they were smart in how they handled it at both sides, uh, and a good example of learning from other mistakes and mistakes and moving forward. Brett Favre think that the reality is that his own situation in Green Bay was quite a bit different from Manning's situation in Indianapolis. The situation in Favre in Green Bay in 2008 was a situation of Farms choosing, with Farms repeated flip flopping. Whether or not he was going to retire, that put the Packers in the situation and feeling they had to commit to Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback and not go back on it. Manning had chosen the situation that led to the departure from Indianapolis. He was coming off multiple neck surgeries that had forced him to miss a season. Uh oh. Uh, Jerry, uh, I can't hear you. Uh oh. Uh, Jerry, I can't hear you. I'm going on to the website right now. Oh, I can hear you. Oh, just for a second. Now I can't. Can you hear me? Now I can. And now can you I hear can. me now? now I, can you I hear can me now? Hear you. I got you. I got okay. you. Okay. And, right. uh, um, okay. Okay. So I'm so I'm thinking is Brett Favre did, now. Uh, you guys heard all what I said there, and I'm going to you, Jeff. All right. 
Uh, I didn't hear a, a word. You were going in and out. There was something going on with your mic. Okay. Uh, I what well, basically Brett Favre saying that he uh, um, had a lot to do with well, how Peyton Manning uh, was treated in leaving Indianapolis. Uh, I don't know why he decided to say that, um, but uh, he did say that. He said that he. Uh, it, I think they were smart in how they handled it. That both sides and there's a good example of learning from other mistakes, and your own mistakes and moving forward. Now Brett Favre. And I'll say it again, Brett Favre's circumstance was different. He was flip-flopping back and forth, couldn't make his mind up one way or the other whether he wanted to retire. And uh, uh, there was, it was Aaron Rodgers' time, and the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers more or less had enough and said, Brett Favre, you got to go because we want Aaron to start, and we want him to be our franchise quarterback. Uh, I don't know why he said uh, they, they – and it's a situation with Peyton Manning. He didn't want to retire, um, but uh, they were in better terms. And uh, uh, they were going to move on and, and draft Andrew Luck because they had such a bad season without Peyton. Um, Jeff, what's your thoughts? And then I'll go to Mike. Yeah, this is typical Brett Favre nonsense. I mean, Peyton Manning got treated different because Peyton Manning acted different, and it was a different situation. Uh, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, Brett Favre drove them crazy with his annual retirements. And 2008 was at its worst because he retired. And then, um, you know, it's a, football team's a business. And uh, uh, Packers are, have become a very well-run business. And they're the only publicly held team. And um, after three years on the bench, they, they knew Rodgers could play. Um, and, you know, he was getting all the reps in uh, the mini camps and whatever. And then um, – forget what month, but it was a couple months after he announced, officially announced the retirement. He gets in touch with the team and says he changed his mind, and they, they were getting a press conference ready and everything, and then at the last minute, he changed his mind again. And this is the kind of nonsense that they were tired of. And then they did a, uh, they did oblige him by uh, trading him to the Jets, and then got off to a good start there, and then he went to Minnesota. Then, of course, he pulled his diva act. And, that, you know, I, it did taint his legacy a little bit. He really rubbed so many people the wrong way. But, uh, yeah, he still had a great career, though. Um, he, he must be bored and uh, really missed the attention of playing pro ball. <laughs> 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 Mike, what do you got to say about my man, uh, Brett? Uh, I'm going to back everything my man Jeff said, man. This guy, man, just looking for a headline. Okay, that was short and concise. All right. Um, one other thing. I one yeah, other he, one more thing. I wanted he's to out of the league now, so I can't even give Brett Favre any more time. Man. Well, how about a quarterback that's in the league that's going through uh, uh, a wait and see? Tom Brady's apparently not going to wait nearly as long as Greg Hardy to learn his fate from the league. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell told Julia Bornstein of CNBC that a ruling on Brady's deflate gate appeal will come very soon. It could be as soon as next week. Brady's appeal was heard on June 23rd. We all know that, which included more than 10 hours of stuff they originally planned to cram in a four-hour bag. Hardy's hearing before Harold Hennison was May 28th, and there's been no indication anything's imminent on that front either. So either Goodell heard everything he needed to hear 
or didn't and doesn't need nearly as much time to render a decision mean on Tom Brady. First, let's go to uh, um, Roger Goodell uh, or Tom Brady, uh, which way, versus Roger Goodell or Roger Goodell versus Tom Brady, whatever you want to uh, coin or phrase it. Uh, 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 the, the appeal going to be a decision is going to be uh, pre, uh, imminent. Uh, and some people are speculating. I'm speculating a half, half cut in half. Some people are speculating that he's going only, only going to get a one game taken away. Uh, that he's going to get at least three games. Uh, what's your thoughts, you guys? Do you think that, you know? Do you think it's been uh, too long to 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 render a decision? Why it takes so long to render a decision uh, when um, you don't? It's not like you got a a docket full of decisions to make. You got a couple of decisions to make. You got Greg Hardy and Tom Brady, and maybe Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if he 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 launched an appeal, but you only have a few. And this is what you get paid to do, and people you have under you get paid to do. Uh, why is it taking so long? And what's your thoughts on where he's going to wind up, meaning Tom Brady, in this appeal process? Uh, Mike. Yeah, I, I think he's waiting to make sure he gets it right. Because when he announces his ruling, he doesn't want to have to go back on anything that he puts out. He's a great right fiasco. He throw everything else. So I, I'm thinking he's just really concentrating to make sure he has the right number of games. And once he has that down, he's going to come out and announce a ruling. He has to be very strategic with how he does this now. Well, before you, before I go to you, Jeff, let me ask Mike. Well, you say right number of games. Uh, well, what what is the right number of games? Is it one, two, three, or all four? Um, I think even if it's one, Tom Brady's still going to say no. I, I I'm not getting suspended for something I don't think I should be suspended for. Talk to me, Mike, before I go to Jeff. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure because Tom Brady didn't deflate any balls, so. <laughs> I'm not really sure what the game really should be. I don't know if it should be two, three, four. I mean, you got a couple of text messages out of the, the situation, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's the proper, the proper suspension for that. How about you, Jeff? You know, I want to add something. Um, I'm not sure if it was over the weekend. I think it was over the weekend. I just saw before the show that um, big surprise, Goodell – was at uh, Robert Kraft's home because, uh, you know, they're close friends. So I'm sure they were discussing this, even though uh, Goodell denied it. Yeah, I mean, I, re I really don't have a lot of respect for Goodell. It's very easy to be critical. But he's getting paid $40 million a year. They're paying him to get things right. You know, when he has, he gets to sleep on it. He gets to consult with people. And he just has made some really bad decisions. Um, so, uh I'm sure there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that uh, probably uh, we won't hear about, but that's, I'm sure, the lawyers and whoever are trying to figure out, you know, what's the best for the shield. All right. And then uh, Greg Hardy was heard a about a month uh, before that, and his decision hasn't, come, hasn't been rendered yet. And he's got 10 games, and I know he's appealed it. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Jeff? And then I go to Mike. You know, the thing is, the Hardy thing, um, you know, that to me, 
I mean, I, I, I don't like what he did. I don't like how he manipulated the system. But the fact is, I don't like the NFL trying to divorce itself from the legal system. This country has a legal system. It's not perfect, but we have it, and that's what we go with. We don't go with your employer taking their own stuff for, st- for things that have nothing to do with them. I don't like it. Uh, who wants that kind of employer? I mean, if I got in a little trouble, you know, um, I don't know, uh, parking tickets or something, my, my employer isn't going to mess with me for that, you know? I mean, come on. But, you know, Goodell, though, he, uh, you know, uh, he wants to be the dictator, you know, and he he took that role on and he really screwed it up. About you, Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, that's how they think. I'm hoping Goodell forgets about that and devotes all his time to the Tom Brady suspension so I can get my man Hardy on the field. Now he forgets all about that. Well, I don't think he's going to forget about it. I think it's still sitting out there. And Greg Hardy, I read a call on a couple of quick uh, uh, um, websites that he, Greg Hardy's growing uh, weary of dealing with this, and he just made it concede the 10 games and, and get it over and done with. Uh, I don't know if, if he's still feeling that way, but I saw it on a couple of websites in the last few days that uh, he may be feeling that way. Anyway, uh, let's take a couple of breaks. And then I'll come back and we'll talk about some NBA, some guys that changing their minds, some guys taking pay cuts to go to a, a, a possible um, uh, NBA uh, champion uh, or with the champ, chance of going to an NBA champion. Um, uh, this has been crazy, and, and uh, I want to uh, get, get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, so let's go to a break. And then after the break, we'll talk about it uh, right now. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master tailor, will go over the weekend sports prep you for your upcoming fantasy games and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365 for other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Looking for fantasy sports advice? How about informative conversation? Look no further as the Master Plan features two men that can help in both areas. Jerry, the Master Taylor, and Lance, the NFL exporter Goodman, provide you with a fantasy fix live every Sunday morning on the Master Plan at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365 and listen to other informative programs as well. That's the Master Plan, Sundays 10 a.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K and streaming at spotonradio.webs.com. Information, motivation, variety, the Master Plan. 
Okay, 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 okay. We are back. I am JTAK, the master. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Jeff the Joker and uh, Mike Wright. We are the a trio which comprises the FSP Crew Show. Uh, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to Jeff, Mike, or me. Anyway, uh, let's get to, to it right now. We're talking about the NBA. Now, I'm gonna, I saw a picture uh, online, and uh, I saw uh, two guys that had a lot in common. And Well, I saw four guys who have a lot in common. Uh, two guys that have uh, uh, more in common than the two guys. Uh, no, I, both of them, both sets of guys I'm going to talk about. LeBron James and uh, uh, Dwayne Wade are have a lot in common. They're multi-year uh, champions. They've won championships uh, more than one season, and then they were joined uh, by two guys that have also have a lot in common: Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony, that don't have any championships at all. A uh, 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 strange pair, a uh, strange. Uh, uh, um, set of four players that were on vacation with each other. Um, and uh, I don't know how much they had in common. Um, LeBron and Dwayne can talk about their championships and they can't relate to uh, Carmelo and Chris Paul because they don't have any championships. Only thing they can relate to is Chris Paul and, and uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony is how they can't seem to get to the championship game. They, they for some reason their teams just don't cut it. Um a strange uh set of guys uh vacationing together. Apparently they're real good friends because of well the whatever they were wherever they were at. <coughs> any any thoughts? These guys are supposed to be I wouldn't say arts enemies, but going at each other a lot. And all this is a strange coupling, or uh, I would say, tr- set set of guys that are vacationing together. You guys have any thought about these guys back in the day? Uh, the bad boys wouldn't be vacationing with the other teams uh, players. I, I don't get it. Uh, talk to me, uh, Mike. What's your thoughts? Mike, you there? Jeff, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, okay. You know, it's just uh, the the way uh, sports is nowadays. Um, you know, uh, I mean, uh, LeBron, he's going to hang out with other ball players. You know, with all due respect, he's not going to hang out with accountants and plumbers. And, uh, you know, this is how these guys, uh, you know, live in the off season. And, uh, um, I mean, it's different. I mean, I heard... You know, I've heard in some sports years ago that he didn't fraternize as much. I think that's accurate. But then I heard, uh, like in the ABA, they fraternized a lot. Maybe that's why those players love that league so much. Um, I don't have a problem with it because, you know, it, it, this goes way back. Uh, uh, Magic Johnson was uh, good friends with Isaiah Thomas, and uh, he became good friends with Larry Bird. When they were still playing, uh, they didn't start out that way. Um, 
you know, look into tennis. I mean, it's not a team sport, but you just had uh, two sisters playing each other in a big match. Uh, it happens, you know. Um, I, I don't, I don't re- really have a big problem with it. Mike, you there? Yeah, Mike, I'm here. You, you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I hear you. I, I didn't know if you heard me. Yeah, yeah I'm here. It's, it's good for those guys to get together because They'll get together after the off season and drown all their sorrows when uh, San Antonio <laughs> is hoisting that chip. <laughs> so I, I don't mind them getting together. I mean, it's the off season. You can say that competitive juice when the season starts, but yeah, man, it, it's it's looking like a, a San Antonio trip this year, man. I don't know well, what you guys think. Well, well, speaking of San Antonio, and that's my next subject. You must be reading my mind here because you've been uh, jumping on the things I've I've uh, uh, had had uh, in front of me. Um, free agent forward David West sacrificed like almost eleven million dollars, give or take, to take the to, uh, will will sign with the San Antonio Spurs for the veterans minimum. And turning down the Wizards and the Cavaliers to sign with the San Antonio Spurs, and, and uh, they got Lamarcus Aldridge, and now it's David West, uh, because quite naturally he thinks he's got a better shot in the West, and with a team like the San Antonio Spurs, um, and the uh, Kawhi Leonard, Lamarcus Aldridge, this this lineup here: Kawhi Leonard, Lamarcus Aldridge. Tim Duncan, uh, Manu Ginobili, uh, Tony Parker, and David West, and I know I'm leaving some other people out, and it's not on purpose. Um, but talking about a team trying to load up and to win the uh, um, to win the to, to win the uh, title, not much less win the West. Um, but the point I'm making is he taking the veterans minimum when he can get uh, 11, 12 million dollars on the open market that was being offered to him with the Wizards and the Cavaliers. Talk to me, Jeff. You, you think this makes sense? I mean, he, is the championship worth more than a ten over $10 million or $11 million given up for one year? You know, uh, it, it happens sometimes. And, uh, you know, uh, the thing is, though, isn't the harder road – to the championship in the West, isn't it an easier road in the East? But maybe not so with LeBron back in Cleveland, but they're, they're, they're the beast to the East. The West is stacked, you know? Um, I don't know. I think I'd rather be in the East. What about you, Mike? Hey, I mean, the man made enough money over his career that he can sacrifice that. He's chasing chips now, so I, I can't even be mad at him. But he really should have came to the Wizards. David Bass, damn you, but I, I wish you luck with the Spurs. I think I'll be watching you in the finals this season. All right, we got about 15 minutes, um, and, and and there's one guy I want to talk about here. This is like, you know, you got to be kidding me, and, and um, I heard about it. I haven't read the uh, uh, comments uh, of Mark Cuban, but talking about – DeAndre Jordan, giving his word to Mark 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 Cuban and co- company uh, to come to Dallas to play for Dallas, and over the weekend, or over the last few days, I should say, not over the weekend, over the last few days, uh, he had a change of heart. 
and I heard a comment that Chris Paul didn't realize how um, DeAndre Jordan felt about him. He didn't realize that uh, he thought uh, uh, Chris, he, he, Chris, Chris Paul didn't like him or was trying to um, uh, not feed him the ball as much as he thought he should get it. And uh, apparently they all got together. Doc Rivers, Chris Paul, um, uh, and company, and all kumbaya at the Jordan's house in playing cards, drinking, and, and and playing video games, and got DeAndre Jordan to say, you know what? Um, the grass is not always greener. I'd rather go back to what I know, uh, uh, and then uh, not uh, uh, go to the. Um, to the uh, Dallas Mavericks. And then on top of that, Chandler Parsons, who had a, had a, uh, um, a role in getting uh, DeAndre Jordan to come to Dallas, um, is not too pleased with uh, Mr. DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Jordan. A quote from Chandler Parsons, this is something I've never seen in my career. And I know it doesn't happen very often. When a man gives you his word and an organization, his word, especially when that organization put in so much effort and I walked him through this process and was very, very open and willing to work with him. It's just very unethical and disrespectful. Um, be a professional. Pick up the phone. If you're not going to meet with him, pick up the phone and tell the guy that you're committed to what you're feeling what you're going through, and maybe he can talk it out and help you. But do not ignore the guy. Do not make him sit there and sweat it out. That's just very unprofessional. I can't get over it. He wasn't ready for being a franchise player. Ooh, that was a nice slap. He was scared. He was scared to take the next step in his career. There was no other reason other than that he was comfortable, and he had friendships there. How you make a business decision like that is beyond me. How you ignore an owner like Mark, who is in your hometown, just waiting for a chance to talk to you is beyond me. <clears throat> I don't think he made a mistake. I think he'll be good in L.A. He's got a good team. He's got a great point guard. He's got Blake, but I think he could have been a superstar in Dallas. He could have been the man in Dallas. Never in a million years did I think that this was even a possibility? That's a long quote from Chandler Parsons, who was pissed off of what DeAndre Jordan decided to do and change his mind and go back to L.A. Mike, your thoughts? Man, 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 this is a sticky situation. Let me just correct Chandler Parsons. I don't remember a superstar that couldn't shoot free throws, so he, he, he needs to calm down a little bit. Shaq. Overhyping the victory. Shaq. DeAndre Jordan. Shaq. I remember Shaq knocking down a couple of uh, free throws. Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't alive for the Will Will the Steel. So I let you slide with that one. <laughs> but man, and that ain't an answer. This man's phone calls, DeAndre. You sat with Mark Cuban, and you gonna take his calls a couple of days later? And that—that's that, highly disrespectful, man. That's highly disrespectful. I, the league needs to do something about this moratorium because this could not happen again. I understand the man having a, a change of thoughts, but you can't just go to a guy, give him your verbal, 
and then come back and say, no, I had a change of heart. I'm going to stick with the Clippers. And then not even answer Cuban's calls? How disrespectful is that? What about you, Jeff? You know, it's funny. It sounds like a guy I know. You, you know, he, he's one of these guys, he wants everybody to like him. So he acts like a, like a jellyfish, and he ends up hurting you more in the long run. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know that much about DeAndre as a person. Um, uh, to me, I, I mean, it's just not the way I would I would uh, do things. And uh, but you know, it's it's allowable. You know, I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, my grandfather used to do business with a handshake, and uh, you know, somebody said to him, you know, aren't you worried about getting screwed? Or and he'd say. It can happen, but it doesn't happen that often because I know who I'm dealing with and, you know, stuff like that. And he was right. And uh, he, he was able to, to do that. And, um, you know, I, it seems this seems to happen fairly often with Mark Cuban. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's such a great salesman that, you know, and he's, he, you know, he seems very likable. And, and then afterwards, the guy says, uh-oh. <laughs> what did I just agree to? But I'll tell you, if I was an NBA player, I'd love to play for Dallas. No state income tax and possibly the best owner in the NBA. I mean, yep. Yep. It, you know, okay, they all pay good money. But this guy treats you like a man. He like he treats you right. You know, you're not a piece of meat if you, if you're playing for him. I mean, they got the probably uh, the best locker room in the league. It's like a palace, you know, um, things like that. You know, and to me, when when I feel like my employer cares about me, that that's the way you want to feel, and you seldomly feel like that. Um, I, I just uh, years ago he. Um, uh, you know, uh, when, um, what the hell, that uh, that guy who used to be a great point guard for Dallas and Phoenix and now he stinks with the Lakers, uh, Nash. Yeah, uh, the one who looks like uh, Kelly Leak from the Bad News Bears, right? When he was with Dallas, that, you know, um, Cuban's one of these guys, he's close with his players. He goes over to uh, uh, Nash's home and they, they make an agreement you know, on a, on a new deal, big new deal, they 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 hugged on it. I think yeah, it's a big deal. It's tens of millions of dollars, whatever. And and then boom, he ends up signing with Phoenix. You know how does that happen? And it, it's even harder if it's somebody you really know, not just some guy you just met. But uh, it, it it happens, I guess. And you know, I think the whole uh, NBA free agent system, they they like it the way it is because they get a lot of publicity out of it. Okay, and not to not not to fan the flames anymore, but um, Chris Broussard got into a tweet, uh, twit, Twitter uh, battle with uh, Mark Cuban. Um, one of the things that uh, Chris Broussard was says of as of right now, DeAndre Jordan is returning to the Clippers, according to a source present at this afternoon's meeting with the Clippers. Uh, he, uh, Broussard also tweeted, "Cuban is beside himself, driving around town." Uh, Houston begging through text Jordan's family for address to DeAndre's home. Cuban's brother was having none of it 
of that report telling the in, in, telling the insider to STFU. How could you possibly know that? STFU now, for those of you who know what that is, I'm not going to uh, say it on the air, but it's it's what was said in the, in the tweet. I don't feel bad, bad about it. This is Brian Cuban, Mark Cuban's brother. He is hiding in the trunk. Bruce, uh, Broussard is a knucklehead. On Thursday morning, Cuban himself responded to re Broussard's report. Um, this is the dumbest uh, I've ever heard. If you have any ethics, you would message me, and I will give you his address. Broussard wasn't finished. If you had the address last night, you would have gone to the house. I stand by my multiple sources who had you calling and texting them. Um, and and you didn't fly to Houston to text all night, did you? Um, if you had, to, and then Cuban responds, post what you have. I have the facts you got lied to. Um, Mark Cuban also said, how about this? You post any proof I was calling, texting his friends, ask anything. I'll give $100,000 to the charity of your choice. Wow. Um, I guess uh, Broussard won't get to Mar interview Mark Cuban anytime soon. Uh, and I think um, uh, Broussard is going to be uh, not too welcome in a Dallas uh, uh, Maverick locker room um, or treated too, too, too nicely by anybody in the organization from Dallas because uh, somebody's not telling the truth here. And uh, uh, or somebody's got misinformed. Let me put it that way. And uh, both sides are um, sticking to their guns and sticking to their stories. What's your thoughts on that Twitter battle, uh, Mike? I, I don't know why these people get into these Twitter battles. I saw the foolish uh, emoji wars that they were kind of out with Blake and Kobe and all that. All that stuff is stupid, man. Just. You got an issue, go see that man, hash it out. Don't print out false stories. If the story is true, don't deny it, but it, it's not even for the public anyway. Uh, all that stuff is just crap, man. I, I don't know what, what's going on with these guys. I, I wonder if the, 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 the people in the shop tank are going to read uh, Mark Cuban on the next episode. How about you there, Jeff? A black pretty much hit that nail on the head. I don't even belong to Twitter. I'm not interested. Uh, yeah, uh, just the whole 140 characters or whatever and all the nonsense, uh, I have no interest. And uh, Doc Rivers made a statement that DeAndre didn't know Mark Cuban a phone call. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, how unprofessional, in my opinion, how unprofessional can you be? Um, you made a verbal equipment to a man, a commitment to a man, and you and, and gave you word, and all of a sudden you go back on it, and you don't take a phone call. You don't take a text. You don't even respond or even call, pick the phone and say, look, I decided, I changed my mind and decided to go to in a different direction. You don't even give him that courtesy. Now, he doesn't have to, but um, in my opinion, that would be the right thing to do since you had given the word. It's a gentleman's thing to do. Yes, Especially exactly. You sat down and you made time and you made plans. It's only right that a gentleman would get back to a guy and say, look, I had to change your heart. I apologize. I'm sorry to your organization. Anything. Not just cold silence. Come on, man. Yeah. 
Yep. I, I totally, totally agree with you. Uh, uh, um, Le, uh, LeBron, I totally agree with you, Mike. Anyway, I'm thinking about Le, LeBron. LeBron decided to sign with the, uh, the Cavaliers. And I, I do believe he signed uh, um, a, uh, um, a two-year contract worth over $40 million, if I'm not mistaken. He probably has an opt-out for one year, in it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I'm getting this from – come on. Come on. Yeah, he signed a two-year deal with player op option for the second year, $22.97 million, which is about $23 million first season, $24 million in the second year. Um, I don't know how he can survive um, on only $23 million, a la Latrell Sprewell, who is, has no family, no money, uh, uh, um, and, and, uh, uh, is no house, uh, and, uh, out on the street from what I understand. Um, what's your thoughts on LeBron James signing a $23 million contract for most part for two years, uh, each year is 23 million, $24 million. Uh, you know, he's going to go to, for that big contract. Like you said, black, uh, when, um, the 2016 uh, TV money rolls in. Talk to me. Hey, man, 23 million a season? That money if you can get it. More power to LeBron. I mean, he runs the league right now. What's your thought? The number was 25 or 30. Yeah, you're right. Right. But I think he he, he has the same uh, um, agent as Tristan. So I think he wanted to make sure that Tristan Thompson was taken care of also. So they, uh -oh. they, both, they, they both share the same agent. So I think that he wanted to make sure Tristan Thompson was taken care of also. So, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. They do share the same agent. And uh, uh, it, it seems like uh, uh, LeBron doesn't love the Cleveland owner, but he's happy to come back and then direct a lot of that guy's money into his buddy's pockets, you know, and, Right. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, it, it's almost like they, they should make LeBron the uh, co-commissioner, but he's not a bad commissioner. He's not a bad guy. He's not, he's not a dumb guy. Uh, you know, he's not foolish. I mean, l look at uh, um, Kobe. Yeah, he well, did, you know, he, he, money, trying, he, money, and he does nothing now. He's kind of foolish. He, he's kind of foolish, Jeff. He's kind of foolish. Just because Andrew Wiggins didn't want to sign with his agent, he shipped off of Andrew Wiggins. So he's kind of foolish for that. The, the thing is, these agents, they, they have a lot of power. People think it's all, you know, the owners, the commissioner, you know, uh, uh, those guys, maybe a few star players. But these, these uh, big-time agents got a lot of pull. You there? Uh, I'm here. Okay, would you say the big time agents have what? These big time agents have a lot of pull. They 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 call a lot of the shots behind the scenes. That's that, that's true. All right, guys, we come to the end of the show. Um, as always, I give you guys opportunity to give me give me your closing remarks before we get out of here. I'm gonna go to Mike first, and then Jeff, and then I'll get mine, and we're out. Oh well, looking forward to seeing what this uh, Kelly Oubre does for us. 
Time to see Washington Wizards in the Summer League basketball tomorrow. Wish them luck. Hopefully, Kelly Oubre looks good. And uh, look forward to the fights this weekend. If you're a boxing fan, check out ESPN, I think it is, on Saturday. They'll be showing the Keith one-time Thurman fight, I believe, at 9 p.m. this Saturday. So check that out if you're not doing anything. Okay. Uh, How about you there, Jeff? Um, Well, uh, I'd like to congratulate the uh, uh, USA women's soccer team and uh, they threw a nice parade for them in New York. Uh, And uh, I found out that it's official that American Pharaoh in a few weeks is going to be racing in the Haskell at Monmouth Park. Told you. I thought thought they would just put him in a plastic bubble until they could get him out there in syndication. (laughs) Uh, Hey, you know, that's a lot of money. That's what happens, you know. But, uh, hey, it's good for the sport, even though it's risky. And uh, uh, I like like the owners of Farrow, and uh, they they really want to put the horse out there uh, and uh, to help the sport. And uh, they they don't want to just put him in a plastic bubble for a little while. They they want him to – to do his thing and, and share that with people. He's got uh, uh, a few more races left in him, if, um, probably. He's got the uh, Haskell. Uh, he's probably going to run, run one more race after the Haskell before the Breeders' Cup um, because uh, that's a big payday. He's probably running the Classic and the Breeders' Cup. And then if I was the owner, I wouldn't race him again. I'd uh, uh, retire him and retire him to stud and, and uh, um collect some handsome stud fees uh, because uh, he is going to be rocking some um, uh, mayor's world um, uh, when that time comes. Anyway, uh, we come to the end of the show, okay? Um, For one, we didn't get a call from Mr. FSP. The reason I'm saying it is because Mr. FSP has uh, taken a trip and he's going to be on that trip for about three years. Uh, he happens to be in a foreign country right now. He happens to be probably fast asleep because there's a 13 hour difference between where we're at and where he's at. I talked to him yesterday. He got there safe and sound. Um, and uh, he'll probably be on the show on uh, uh, Saturday afternoon, which is one o'clock Eastern Standard Time in the afternoon on Saturday, which is the FSP show, which I host also. And uh, uh, we just want to wish him well. Hopefully his family, which is going to leave, I think, tomorrow to to meet up with him over the weekend, uh, is safely safely arrives there. And uh, um, they'll be uh, um, enjoying the, the life in a new foreign country that they've never been in before, uh, which would be very interesting. With wow. that being said, yeah, with that being said, yeah, he happens to be in Korea. With that being said, um. Uh, tune in next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, with the when the uh, the fabulous free, excuse me, the fabulous three of the FS Pre Crew Show will be back again, giving you that week uh, this week in sports. Um, uh, as we get closer and closer, uh, as this month goes by, uh, training camp is going to be open up in approximately two to three weeks probably two, two weeks, give or take uh, two or three days. Near the end of July, the training camps start opening up. Rookies and then veterans all get together. And they start gearing up for football and quite naturally gearing up for fantasy football. So tune in next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be back uh, 
to enjoy each other's conversation and lay some knowledge down, y'all, and get our get our opinion out there. Take care. Have enjoy the week. Be safe. Enjoy the summer days, uh, whether it's rain or sun or sun, uh, whether it's rain or or a sunny, hot, humid days. Uh, enjoy it while it's here because winter is coming. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, so enjoy it while you have it. See ya. Yeah. Mr. Anchor. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, lock on